Welcome to the City Hill Podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. The main topic today is, uh, the context of it is to do with one of uh, Jesus' biggest speeches in the Bible. And essentially it's called the Sermon on the Mount, but the context behind it is that uh, at that time, there were people who were waiting for a new government or a new power to arrive, yeah? Um, And they were completely being mistreated by the government that was surrounding them. And what Jesus then done is that the first time anyone's ever heard him was when he gave this speech about who is going to be powerful, who's going to be the ones who's going to be running this new regime, this new power, this new kingdom that's coming forward. Um, So that can be found in Matthew 5 from... 1 to 12. I'm going to be mentioning scriptures here, either write them down or just keep them to memory uh, because it'll be useful for you to like read later on. Yeah. If anyone has a Bible, can you find Matthew 5, 1 to 12? Seeing the crowds, he went up upon the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So here you have um, Jesus basically mapping out the types of people who are going to be rulers of this new kingdom. And he kind of lists out all these attributes that you normally wouldn't associate with greatness, right? So he says, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, right? Um, He was talking to people who were poor. Right. So he was talking to people who like had no power in society. It's like, no, you're going to be the ones who's going to be running this new kingdom. So Andy spoke on one of the um, blessed people. I'm going to be speaking on all of them today. But what I've done is that I basically grouped them into three different uh, groups. So I kind of grouped them into three different groups like this. Right. So one of them, Jesus is talking about the types of the the attitude that he's expecting um, these rulers to have. Right. So. The poor, those who mourn, the meek, the hungry, and the thirsty, right? So I've grouped that all into one category, and that's to do with attitude. And on the second table here, he talks more about those who are not just having like a heart attitude, but those who actually move with a, there's an action behind it, there's a motivation, there's an actual thing that they're doing in the world, not just having like positive vibes. And the, how, what he calls them is the merciful, the pure in heart, and peacemakers so these are the people that actively go out and and make some sort of difference in the world 
And then thirdly, here you have this like skull and crossbow because he talks about another set of people who are blessed. And these are the people who are persecuted or essentially cancelled for the sake of doing something good, right? But he's saying these people are going to be blessed, right? So what I want to do is that I kind of want to go through every single one individually on how I've understood them. Um, and hopefully it's helpful for you. So in this first one here, it talks about the attitude that is uh, necessary. And it talks about blessed are the poor in heart, blessed are those who, are hunger, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? And the picture that he's painting, the, the portrait that he's painting of us is the types of rulers who are not really satisfied with the world around them, right? They're not satisfied with the world around them and they've got an appetite for something a little bit bigger, a little bit larger. Um, so much so that they're willing to sacrifice whatever's in front of them for this new thing. Even though they haven't seen it before, they believe it's worth it, yeah? And they hunger for it, they thirst for it, right? I was thinking about this in terms of like, what, is, what does it actually look like to hunger and thirst after righteousness? And I realized that some of us have already experienced that and not only have we already experienced that, we actually practice it. So there's a spiritual practice that we have that talks about being hungry and thirsty um, for righteousness. And could anyone guess what that spiritual practice is? Thank you, Tyler. See, this, you, need, you don't need to step up, man. Tyler, come in with the... Yeah, so that's exactly what it is, fasting, right? Um, fasting, essentially, for those who don't uh, know it, what it is or do it regularly... It's essentially you like taking a meal or two or three aside um, uh, for you to basically focus on spiritual needs, right? There's a spiritual goal behind it. And what I'm understanding is that like fasting is a very interesting uh, feeling because you, when you decide that, all right, cool, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to focus on God or whatever. For some reason you feel extra hungry. So like there's times when I miss a meal. Yeah, there's times when I miss a meal, I might miss two meals and I don't feel anything about it. But for some reason, when I'm fasting, like my whole body and appetite is changing. I, I, want, I, I want this food more than I ever wanted it before, right? Um, but then also as well, what I find when I'm, when I'm fasting is that uh, the decision to, to, to not eat food in order for, 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 a, for spiritual food um, also brings about like a kind of mourning the same way how jesus says blessed are those who mourn it kind of brings about like a, a lowness and a, a kind of sadness right um which is weird because like just say for example if i say cool from six till six i'm not gonna eat you're feeling you're feeling away yeah you're feeling kind of down or whatever and you can't really tell anyone hey i'm fasting because it's like you can just eat food it's not like it's not deep it's not like you're intentionally not eating food i mean you're eating food by force it's like you, you're doing this by choice. Um, so when, you're, when, you, when you are fasting, um, the, you're, you're basically saying like everything that I have in front of me, everything that I consider food, I am putting that aside in order for something more. And what, I've un what I'm understanding here is that when Jesus says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the, those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, Every time we take time aside to fast, we're actually demonstrating in a very, very, very small space of time what our hearts are expected to look like over a lifetime, right? Whereby 
we're taking the things that is normally like food and pleasurable for everyone else and we're putting it aside in order to um to get bigger food right the type of food that only god can give us does that is that resonate with anyone does anyone have anything to share anything to say no all right cool we'll move on um all right so the reason why i wanted to mention fasting is because it's a very uh practical way for us to understand the heart behind what jesus is saying right um but there's a way too fast right there's a way too fast and the way i the way i found this out actually was quite mind-blowing for me um so that is in this scripture here which is isaiah 58 from 1 to 12 so marv it looked like you're the only one with the bible so me and marv the only one with bibles here no <laughs> okay cool, cool, cool. Say that again, sorry. Uh, so it's isaiah 58 from 1 to 12 cry aloud and do not hold back lift up your voice like a trumpet Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask for me, or they ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have you, why have we fasted, and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it behold in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress your all, uh, oppress all your workers behold you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high all right stop there for a second so all right so here like God is essentially saying, listen, I know you lot fast, but I'm not hearing you, yeah? And, the, and I know you fast regularly, but I'm still not hearing you. And the people are basically saying like, why are you not hearing my fasting? And God's saying that you only fast in order to like, in order to show someone that you're fasting. You only fast to like, show your, that you're superior to the person next to you spiritually. Like, I'm, I'm a fasting type of person, but they're not a fasting type of person, right? You get your reward if that's what you're looking for for someone to feel almost like jealous of you because you're so holy then that's the reward you get right um and he's saying during that time when you're supposed to be like putting these things aside you essentially are um you essentially are seeking out your own pleasures right during a time of fasting so he's like listen i'm not hearing this type of fast so as marvin reads on he's now going to talk about the type of fast that he actually responds to is such is such the fast that I choose a day is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps the yokes, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh, then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. 
Your righteousness shall go before the glory of the Lord shall be your rear All right, stop there. So like, I recommend you um, to read Isaiah 58 because he's basically talking about if you're going to engage with me, this is a way for you to engage with me. When you fast, go and, go and get the bread that you was going to have that, that meal deal that you was going to have <laughs> and be able to put it in the hands of those who need it. So here you have these three tables. Here is the bread. This represents the bread that is actually mine. I earned this bread, right? This bowl represents the world's needs, right? So when I say the world, I just mean the people around you and the needs around you. And we're going to get to this, but these, these coins that are on this third table represents the world and all of its riches and all that stuff, right? But here, essentially, the, the way and how to, how to fast or how to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to take the things that was once valuable to you and to almost give yourself space or to like empty up your belly for something new. You then take your bread and then you give it to those who need it, Right? And like the, the importance of that can only be understood once you begin to do it. Um, the lessons that come with this only begin to reveal itself once you begin to do it. So one of the things that I understood when it comes down to like giving your bread to the poor, yeah, um, which is connected to this part here where Jesus talks about blessed are the merciful, those who are pure in heart and the peacemakers. So they're not just people who are like wishing peace on the world. They are actively making sure that peace is being created and generated on a regular basis, right? And one of the ways in which they do it is that they take their resources and then they put it out into the world, right? The interesting thing about this is that um, you see the food that we have back there, right? That, that tray of food. I don't know what anyone knows uh, happens to that food, but once, once this session is done, any food that has not been eaten, we then go like, and give it to the poor, right? Um, not poor, but like homeless, right? People who don't have that food. And Trina will be able to tell you, I was going to get Trina to talk about it, but I'll, I'm going to just speak for Trina. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Listen, when, you're, when, you're, when you have to go and get this food to someone, yeah, you move around the city differently. Right? You look at the city differently. You're looking at people differently. You're trying to find needs, right? Um, and sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes there's someone right there, right by the Sainsbury's or whatever. You could just give it to them. And sometimes they're around this corner and you have to ask people, do you know anyone? And like, it, you have to go out of your way to do it, right? Um, but then what ends up happening is that something interesting happens with your relationship to the food that you're looking out for. I want to ask you this question, Trina. With the food, yeah, how do you feel bringing this food back home? Um, I, I feel guilty. I, don't, I just don't like it. I feel like I've missed an opportunity to, to give to someone right. that needs it. I don't need it. And how would you feel to eat that food that you intended to give to someone else? Because that's the thing. It's like once you intend to give it to someone else, now the food don't feel like yours anymore. So now it's just like... I just, I'm, just, I'm just holding this food and I now need to give it to someone. Um, I recommend you try it. So like on a day when you go to like Mark's Suspensers or whatever, you get a meal deal, buy two. And with that extra meal deal, try to find someone. And understand what it feels like emotionally, trying to find someone to give the food to. Um, 
because essentially that's how God feels when he's when he's looking for us right we're the lost we're the poor like we're acting like we're rich and bougie out here like we're the ones who need God's help and he's the one who's like actively every day trying to find ways in which he can bless us right um, but then also as well when you when you realize that man I bought this for someone and I don't even want to bring this back home anymore he's given us a small like when we give he gives us a very small demonstration as to what the big heart of someone who is ruling the kingdom has which is like the resources the things that I have on me isn't really mine I'm just here to steward it for a period of time and, and circulate it around and this is a thing that like I don't understand right now like I don't understand in its biggest sense right now so don't think I'm out here like you know what I mean like running big philanthropy businesses like I'm out here just like trying to grow this desire um, but here you here you, here you have um, Jesus talking about the merciful and the peacemakers and something about being merciful um, it, it doesn't when people think of things like being a merciful and being a peacemaker oftentimes peace means like absence of war so I'm not going to punch you in the face so I'm a peacemaker it doesn't mean that it means like you're actually going out of your way to get closer even when you didn't need to go closer and it was like the heart of the person who is running the kingdom are these people who actually don't just try to make be absent from war but actively try to do the right thing right all right cool so that was the second table action and now i want to talk about this third table right and this third table is an interesting one because jesus said blessed are those who are persecuted and blessed are those who um when you do the right thing it's not reciprocated right um, and people actively try to get rid of you um, because you're doing the right thing and this is a part of uh, my faith that I actively try to avoid because I like being liked do you know what I mean like I like being liked and I like people saying nice things about me and if someone has my name in any kind of conversation I want it to be in a dignified way right but Jesus is saying listen they've done that to me so like if they're going to do it to me they're definitely going to do it to you um, and what this table basically represents is I'm, I'm going to try to out loud because uh, I still haven't figured it out out loud I'm going to try and figure it out why is this the case why is this the case that when you do the right thing sometimes people respond to it in a way that you don't that you're not looking for and one of the things that I understood is um, this whole conversation is a conversation about value right and, and what you value and Jesus is basically painting the picture of people who value just different things right they don't value what the world values and because of that they're no longer investing in the world they're divesting in the world i don't know if that's how you say it. is it divest or divest i'm using divest for now yeah so you're divesting for the world which basically means that like you're taking the resources out from like all the importance that you gave to the world you're now taking it out right so all of this gold here that you used to use to invest into things that you thought was important in life you're now reallocating it right and what i found is that the world once they see this because if you do it a little bit no one really notices but once you begin to do it with the heart of the types of kings and queens that jesus is talking about it becomes noticeable and then eventually you are treated the same way how racists treat immigrants Whereas like they're coming into our country and taking our jobs and taking our resources, right? 
And then all they have left is this rock. All they have left is this punishment towards you, right? Now, the person who's trying to persecute you doesn't know they're, they're not investing in the world anymore. And I feel that that's not, that's not, what's, that's not how it comes across in their mind. The, the idea of like uh, you coming in from a different, you're coming in from a different kingdom, you're divesting and putting it in somewhere else. It's something that the person would understand on a very quiet level. But if you look into the story of Cain and Abel, I haven't got it here, like, just research it. If you look into the story of Cain and Abel, it's the same thing. It, there's, there's something that, that communicates. They, they have a sacrifice that is, that's more acceptable than my sacrifice, right? How it comes out of their mouth comes out like, I don't like the way they dress. Or, like, they're a little bit annoying or they think they know it all, right? Very small comments. And that then might turn into uh, small jokes, they might not invite you to a function or whatever. But then if you escalate that, that then turns into what Jesus said, which is like, they're going to kill you, right? But in our, in our culture, we don't get killed. We get cancelled, right? Which is kind of worse because you're actually alive while you're deprived of, <laughs> deprived of resources. At least when you die, you die. Um, so Jesus is, Jesus is preparing us for the fact of like, when you decide to make this effort of like divesting from the world, the world ain't really going to respect that. And there's going to be pressure that comes with that. And the pressure that comes with that is there to test what you truly value, right? Like temptations, whether you're tested or you're tempted, right? Is there to test what you truly value. Um, so the devil uh, will actively do things just to be like, how much do you really rate? what you're saying how much do you really value this kingdom over my kingdom yeah um people who are like your friends or whatever might do bits and bobs just to see like how much how much are you really about what you're saying and also as well god needs to understand how much do you really believe in what you're saying so sometimes there might be one event that happens to you and there's just a whole community of people some people want you to fail some people just want to see what you're doing and some people want you to win and god's the person who wants you to win right um so looking at the way in which uh, Jesus died, <laughs> he basically said, like, I'm laying out a path for you to be like, I'm a king who cannot be bought out. Right. You can't buy me out with anything. Um, and he has one uh, one sentence that I want to, like, end this all with, um, which I absolutely love. And I think it would just be a good way to end it. And it's in John 16, verse 33. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's beautiful reading, bro. Um, so Jesus basically, he, this is just before um, he faced persecution, right? And he's like, listen, like, I'm saying this all to you so you know that this is, this is coming up to you. I, I, honestly, I tried to skip these parts of the Bible because I don't want to hear any of this, but um, he's like, in this world, you're going to find loads of pressure. You're going to find loads of this, right? And he's like, but take courage because I've overcome the world. And the reason why he's able to say that is one thing that I didn't say about the Sermon on the Mount or the, the speech that he gave about this new regime is that not too long before that happened, um, Jesus was tempted. He was fasting in the... In the um, he was also fasting. I didn't even make that connection. He was also fasting in the wilderness. Um, in the desert and Satan came up to him and he, and he showed him all these different things food, power, respect all the stuff that 
Jesus was going to get anyway in the long term, but you don't have to go through all the persecution, you don't have to go through anyone cancelling you, you could just get it right now, right? Um, and Jesus then said, Jesus basically done everything in his power and everything in God's power to say, listen, like, I'm not, I'm not doing that, right? And then it said that he walked in the power of the Spirit. It's only then when he was able to stand on a mountain and say, like, it's the poor who's going to win. It's, it's those who mourn and those who thirst and those who seek after righteousness with the same level that I have. They're the ones who's going to adopt the kingdom. So then when you look at this empty sheet here that used to have bread on it, you realize that those who are poor in heart are poor by choice, right? And when I say poor, I'm not talking about, this isn't like a poverty, like, I'm not, it's not making fun of like poverty and stuff like that. But those who have the hunger and the thirst were the ones who like, at, like intentionally reallocated what they thought was important and gave it to those who, who needed it. And for me, I think that this whole thing of Jesus painting a portrait of um, truly a different type of power and something that we haven't particularly seen in this world fully, fully demonstrated. But he has given us small ways in which we can demonstrate it. And um, I just hope that these words like inspire you, something that you think about, build on. Um, and try it, like, try it. Go, go get two meal deals and try to find someone because it, like, it really does educate you a lot. Just the action of doing it educates you a lot on what God is expecting you to do on a, on a world scale. Um, cool. So we're going to pray and then we're going to close it. Uh, God, thank you so much for uh, this insight. I hope that these words aren't just words. I hope that it really does stick with us, um, stay in our minds and grow with us. Um, and I pray that next week and the week after, that we'll be able to just share new insights um, in new ways that your word is impacting our lives. Um, thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Um, cool, that's it. So, Jamelia, who's not here, is going to basically be taking... Oh, hey, Jamelia. Hi. We're <laughs> going to be taking this message um, and kind of like expanding it into the third week of our month, which is the prayer aspect of our month. Um, so, yeah, enjoy. Say hi. Hi, Gems. <laughs> well actually before you don't leave here there's there's one thing i wanted to say there's one thing i wanted to say there's two there's two things i want to share but it wasn't part of the the line yeah one of the things is like i recommend you see when it talks about pressure and, and jesus saying like be of good cheer i've overcome the world have a read of revelation which is the last book in the bible jesus is talking to all these different like churches and at the end of every single thing he says to a church, he ends with like a promise to like, to him who overcomes, I will give them this, right? Mm -hmm. So he's very aware that like the world that we're in is peak and you, it's a lot for you to overcome. But he's like, I've overcome it. I'm leading the way. Like if you follow my path, then you're going to know how to do it, right? Um, so look at, he has like probably at five or six different promises of those people who overcome. So Revelation, check that out. And then secondly, um, the reason why I mentioned... Um, uh, prayer and prayer fasting and giving um, is because Jesus straight after he spoke about the Sermon on the Mount he says listen when you pray pray like this when you fast fast like this when you give give like this so he's, he's given us these small disciplines that the people who are essentially going to be like inheritors of the earth right um, these, this is the heart this is the mindset that they're going to have so like in your, in your spare time whatever just have a look at that because it's very um, it's very insightful but yeah, thank you, look. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the light, we are the light.